standing there staring down at your shoes Thinking about your mom and dad and wondering what to do With your best look inside yourself, boy We are watching We are friends in jail who can see you through Boy, don't forget no matter what you do Haters Ball, Dateline, October 19th, sometime in the evening. Welcome to Houndstooth Heroes, the third Saturday hate edition. Uh, just an FYI, if you came here for PG-13 this week, we have horrible news for you. Uh, this is the hate week. Uh, hide your, hide your parents, hide your kids. If your third grade teacher is listening, you might want to tune out. But as always, we are proud to be sponsored by the good people at Wild Bill's Wing Sauce and Druid City Brewing. Joined as always at the Hate Haters Ball by my good friend and co-host Ellis Metz. Mr. Metz, what in the hell are you wearing for the Haters Ball, son? Ooh, Gregory, you know I think about this uh, all year. And I've got to say, I'm decked out this year, but not in a superstitious way, right? Because I don't do right, that anymore. Yeah. And the team doesn't depend on me, okay? No, I've got my usual gear. But I think what everyone, aka listener Fred, is tuned in for here is what Tate is wearing to the Player Haters Ball. And you know Tate is going to be gumped out at daycare on Friday. He's got a, he's got a smocked elephant bib thing going on. He's got a uh -huh. turtleneck with elephants on it. Uh, crimson, A's, head to toe. It's going to be lit. Let me ask you this, though. Um, how violent does a daycare get? Because, you know, you are in, uh, really, you're in Nashville, so you're in Tennessee country. So is he going to come back with with bruises and with, with black eyes? What's going to happen with Tate at well, the daycare? Gregory, I wasn't going to tell this story, but if you'll recall, our longtime listener, Fred, uh, may remember that... Uh, I myself used to suffer abuse at daycare. And exactly uh, the reason I brought uh -huh, this up. The third week of October. Thank you for uh, helping me relive and, and flash back to those dark days. But uh, I, I, am, I am certain that uh, this school has the, right, has, the, has the right idea of what I will do to them. Right. To right. rotate to come back in orange. I'll tell you that much. Okay, fair enough. Fair I enough. know a lawyer here in town. His name rhymes with Ray Blavis. Okay, fair enough. And I hear he's quite good at what he does. <laughs> uh, right, that is. Tell me what you're wearing for the player haters ball. This is big. Dude, dude, I'm pantsless from the waist down. You know that. What All else right. is a man going to do on the third Saturday? But you got the shoes on, right? Well, yeah. Of course I got the shoes Son. on. Not, I, I, would, I will never not wear the shoes. I mean, I ain't... If you haven't seen the shoes, the shoes are strong. They are a pair of crimson and white uh, wingtips, and by God, I wear the, wore the hell out of them last week, and they look spectacular. Uh, booze. Where are you at on the booze, my friend? Booze is important when you're going to hate. That is so true, and I've gone to one of my favorites tonight. Uh, it's a little tequila I like to call Casamigos. Shout out to my boy George Clooney. Get the F out. So am I. No. Yes. Well, this is a first, Heroes. Yes. How about yes. that? And, and let me just tell you, it's delicious yet pricey. Which yeah, is what it is. People, it is. Which is what people say about us as well. <laughs> we, we have heard that many times. It's delightful. Let me just tell you, 
George Clooney makes a damn fun tequila. I don't care what people say. Get on up in it. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone who would question anything George Clooney does, uh, frankly. No, but, no when you marry uh, this, like that. This is near the top of things he does very well. Casamigos, strong tequila, get some. There you go. All right. To, All right. to the matters at hand, and we will quickly look back at the Arkansas game, and uh, there's not much to look back on because, Gregory, that one was over before it even began. You ain't lying, son. It took all of 15 seconds for the tie to get on the scoreboard. Damian Harris started the game with a 75-yard run for a touchdown, the first of his 125 yards of the night, and the running backs once again shared the duties with Damian taking the bulk of the load while Bo Josh Jacobs, who, back by the way, is back, and Najee Harris all hovered around 50 yards on the ground. Yet again, your boy, Jalen Hurts, had a decent night with 41 yards on the ground, including a touchdown while hitting 12 of 19 through the air. Yeah, my boy Jalen looked pretty dang good again. <laughs> uh, and I'm glad to say that, again, the defense also stepped up. Uh, I will preface this by saying that Arkansas was starting a redshirt freshman, and I don't want to overstate this, but if you watch Game of Thrones, the bro looked like 1-1. He was 6-7, just one of the most gigantic humans I've seen grace a football field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and grace is probably a, a kind word to use when talking about this lumbering behemoth. Uh, his name is forgettable, but he did end up with 200 yards through the air. Uh, but frankly, Arkansas was so one-dimensional they couldn't do a thing. They picked up 27 yards on the ground, and our defense handled them pretty easily. Ronnie Harrison led the way, had 10 tackles on the afternoon. Uh, and I'll say this, as it turns out, having a healthy linebacker core sort of really makes a difference. Who knew? Uh, special shouts there to Rashawn Evans, who was everywhere. It felt like there were 80 Rashawn Evanses on the field, which would be cool. That would be very right. cool. Oh my um, God! Like that many Rashawn Evans running around, we'd never can, lose ever again. Let's get let's get the process started on that. But right. uh, yeah, and and he's still not a hundred percent, I think. But uh, you sure couldn't tell Saturday. And Gregory, you were there watching in person. Let me ask first off. We want to get to the important part. Did you stay for four quarters? I okay. Let me just tell you how my, my position on this. Uh-oh. I really get pissy, especially during a conference game. At people who do not stay for four quarters. However, I didn't stay for four quarters. Um, and this is my position at this point. We, we, we as a group decided this at the game, that Alabama games <clears throat> really should only last three quarters at the most. Because after that, it's just exhausting. You're, you're, I mean, you're watching this game. You've been there. You're doing your job. You're rooting the team on. And damn it, you know they're not going to score more than 10 points. We've already got 3,000 points. <laughs> and I want to stay. I really, really do. I feel like a complete ass leaving. But yet, huh, man. And, and truthfully, by the end of the third quarter, you've already seen all you can bear to watch of the second and third teams at this point. Right, I've seen all I can bear to watch. I've drank all I can bear to drink. I'm just ready to go and sit down because I'm old and my feet hurt. A three-quarter game. I don't hate that idea at all. 
Right. I mean, I'm I, I'm going to circulate a petition. Uh, if you're for it, go to the, our, our Twitter site uh, at H2Heroes and uh, type in hashtag third quarter game. And we will go ahead and get that get that movement started. Yeah, yeah. We need to we need to build a grassroots movement here. I like it. OK, on to more important things. How was the party in T-Town? Well, let me tell you, uh, you know how Ole Miss wins the party. Well, by God, we may have won it too. Uh, T-Town was lit, son. It was tremendous. I started the day at Druid City, where I always do, and our boys really outdid themselves. There was rabbit. There was quail. Mm. There was boudin. Mm. Uh, Lister Lee's daddy brought it brought it home from uh, Louisiana. He drove up with, the, with a uh, truckload full of uh, meat and meat uh, adjacent kind of things, and we ate them all as in addition to the usual while Bill smoked wheat, not smoked meats. The, the Casamigos is getting to me, kid. Uh, company also was outstanding. After that, I've made my way over to front of the program, Roger Myers, always epic tailgate, where my companion and I enjoyed delicious yellow hammers while watching the barn blow a 20-point lead to LSU. Wait, a a a twenty point lead, but Gregory, I heard that LSU lost to Troy. Are you are you telling me they blew a twenty point lead? That is correct, Ellis. A twenty point lead blew it. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to watch that replay all off season. Uh, in all seriousness, it was upset Saturday in college football. Uh, our good friends at Washington State went down. Hashtag mm-hmm. swing your sword. Hashtag RIP swing your sword. Oh, uh, Washington also went down, and Clemson on a Friday night took the L. Uh, with that said, is it time yet? We're looking at here approaching the third Saturday in October. Time to start fretting about the college football playoff. It sort of is. Yeah. I mean, like, if we keep winning, there's nothing to worry about. But it's go ahead. it's time to go ahead and recognize that the cream is definitely rising to the top. Georgia... Uh, Georgia looks like the real deal, at least on defense. Uh, Penn State is currently sitting in the number two seat. Um, I could make a child rape joke right there, but I'm not going to. Uh, but with, they also have a big game with Michigan this week. And this this kind of is the make or break uh, stretch for Penn State. They have Michigan. They have Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They have somebody else. Michigan I don't really State, I think. Maybe. I don't really give a shit. But nevertheless, they have three big games coming th- coming up. And if they get through all of those, dude, Penn State is a is a is the is the real deal. I don't think they're going to, but nevertheless, yeah. they got uh, TCU, Wisconsin, and Miami. Also, uh, all are coming in hot. Yeah, uh, and and there are some one loss teams who, frankly, I could see making a play as well. Uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State come to mind. I think Ohio State will do what they always do and uh, have a horrific loss that's hard to watch in the first half of the season and then come on just in time to catch the eye of the folks who love them on the playoff committee. Uh, USC also back there lurking among others. And uh, you know how the playoff committee loves their blue bloods, blue bloods. Uh, So yeah. And I'm thankful for it because, you know, really look, I mean, I think if the blue blood issue matters because really I think, if Alabama and Georgia both went out until the SEC championship game, I think both, if, if, if it's close in Atlanta, I think that both teams make it no matter who I, wins. I would love that. I think, I also think 
Alabama makes it in with a loss. I just think we've blown out everyone and have, have separated ourselves so far. It's hard to figure out who we would lose to before Auburn or Georgia in that game, but I think we've got a cushion right now anyway. Okay, but do we – okay, we've talked about this briefly, but let's go ahead and get to it. If you look, and it's, and it's no fault of our own, um, we scheduled well, but everybody we've played has turned out to be shit. I, and I, when you look at the raw numbers of our strength of schedule, compare, well, com, what it was supposed to be compared to what it is in real life, it's not that good. So if you're, looking, if you're a committee and you look at the numbers, yeah, we're blowing them out, but look at who they are. I, I agree fully, but I still think the mere fact that we haven't we struggled with Texas A and M a little bit, who's an okay team, uh, but but we haven't let stupid teams like the Indianas and the yeah I don't I don't know who else everybody else I mean the Vols struggled with UMass, but we're not using that as a comparison. Uh, I just think we haven't let anybody hang around who didn't deserve it, which really right. we're the only team in the top 10 who can say that. And I do think, I think, I think A&M beating Florida last week helped yep. a good, and if they can pull it together for the rest of the season and just not, you know, lay a giant turd as A&M is prone to do, if they can pull it out for the rest of the year, uh, that win, that close win suddenly looks a whole lot better. But I have important things, far more important things to talk about than A&M turds. Let's turn our attention to the donkey. To the, to the donkey? Gregory, we just started. It's a little early. Ride that donkey! Ride that donkey! Okay. We will ride that donkey. And friends, I'm a little excited about everyone's favorite segment this week because the donkey of the decade of the week, let me introduce to you Dabo the Donkey. Dabo Donkey. Dabo and, uh, Donkey. Look, really, it's amazing that it took been, us this long to get to I have been Dabo, and you know this, but I am biting on your Dabo Donkey. Go with it. Dabo the Donkey. There is so much donkey about Dabo that we could have done this uh, really from from any week on because uh, he may truly replace Jonathan Kongbo for next decade's Donkey, TBD. Um, but right now, Donkey of the Decade of the Week, Dabo. Uh, for a number of reasons, and we'll start with heading on up to Syracuse, taking the L. There's not even an L in Syracuse, Gregory. He had to on dig a, for it. I know a, you have thoughts Friday. here. On a damn Friday. Yes. In the in the well, what do they call it? The Loud House. I, okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna step on your donkey for a minute, and I usually let you go walk, go you know buck wild with the donkey, but I've got a mo- I've got to have a moment here. Look. Everybody knows there's a wide division in the Crimson Tide fan base about Dabo and whether he is fit to be uh, the next coach of the university. Now, I have been very vocal pro Dabo. Last five years, nobody else has won 10 games except for Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney. I've been pro Dabo. But look, you do not go to Syracuse, New York on a Friday damn night and lose your ass and expect to become the head coach at the University of Alabama. F some Dabo. Dabo's a donkey. Move on. So, Well, no. Here's, here's my take there because I actually watched that game and for some reason it was so humanizing for me to watch Dabo lose like that. And they were showing him on the sideline, you know, and he's already yelled at his punter and I was like, well, that's he's done that before. Uh, right. And, and he, he was right taking... In, yelling at a punter. 
Yeah, right, exactly. I kind of respected it. And then by the end of the game, he was taking it so well, he went out and gave Dino Neighbors uh, a hug, Syracuse's coach, and um, I, I just felt great about him. I was I was really coming around for the first time in my life, never thought I would say this on this here podcast, coming around to the pro-dabo way of life, and then I heard about him going into the Syracuse locker room after the game. And that is such a self-serving act. He was getting all this praise, even from the Syracuse players, for what a classy act it was and all this. But those kids were in there celebrating. Did he piss on it? Say it again. What was he doing in there? I'd have gone in there and take a piss, but that's about all I was Right. No. I mean, he he wanted to go in there and turn their night about him. He wanted to make it about him again. He knew that the media would pick up on it. He knew his kids and their kids would talk about it. I think it was a total selfish act. Uh, one that I cannot in any way abide by, and that is probably enough of a reason to be a donkey. But I'm also going to throw in, just as the cherry on top, this uh, f- illicit fight club that's apparently been taking place in the Clemson locker room. Are they committing crimes? I don't know. I called it illicit. I just wanted to say that. There's okay. no telling. There's no telling. Uh, I'll contact my lawyer friend because right. apparently I don't trust your legal advice just on around the locker room fights and uh, daycare abuse. Anything else, though. But anyhow, right. um, <laughs> anyhow, it was uh, it's, it's just out of control. Dabo, the new Mark Rick, lost control of the team. Dabo, the donkey of the decade of the week. All right. Um, look. It is hard to segue into something worse than that, but we're going to listen Fred, and that is the Vol. Mm. That's right. It's hate week, kids. And if you didn't already know, you should call someone to extract you from the rock that you've been trapped under. Nobody's serving Tennessee whiskey, and everybody is boycotting their local low-T clinic in show of solidarity against the Vol. Oh, that, that they are. Gregory, I want to start by looking at the football, if we can even call it that. Uh, mm-hmm. They have someone who plays the quarterback position. They have some ones who play it. They ran off our guy Quentin Dormandy last week, and it was all to start something that they're calling Jarrett Garantano. Uh, Guantanamo. Guantanamo, I think. I thought they got rid of Normandy and started Guantanamo. Am I, am I oh, wrong wow. in this whole? Yeah, I see what you. I seen it. I seen what you did there. Uh, hey, Garantuanamo was eleven of eighteen last week for one hundred and thirty-three yards. Not a single touchdown to his name against the cock defense. Uh, but he didn't turn the ball over, so there's that. Woo! Yeah, yeah, big win in Knoxville. Uh, at running back, they do have a weapon there. They have John Kelly, who I would say appears to be in the upper echelon of SEC running backs today, which is actually saying something. Uh, but that's about it on the offensive side of the ball. They don't have a receiver in the top 20 of the SEC. Not even in the country. Top 20 in the mm-hmm. SEC, they don't have anyone. Uh, there are two semi-threats, I'll say. It's a Brandon Johnson and a Marquez Callaway. Uh, and, and if there's... A quarterback who can get them the ball, they may be able to do something with it, but TBD. Right. And on the other side of the ball, they are ranked 52nd in football bowl subdivision in total defense, bunched in with squads like Arkansas, who just got 41 hung on them. Oklahoma State of the 
Big 12. Nice. And wait for it, Rutgers. In short, if we aren't scoring points, something is up. But speaking of up, that's not low T related. Butch's job. Let's talk about it. One month from now, Mr. Metz, is Butch the Tennessee coach or is he hawking vodka enemas on the internet? Bruh. You gotta buy that domain that domain name now. Butch Chug, <laughs> I think is what we're going with. Butch Chug. Butch Chug. Uh if if Vol fans wake up on Sunday morning and Butch is their head coach for longer than four hours, they should seek medical help because somebody has spent too much time in the low clinic low T clinic tanning bed. Do they have like a bed in there? I'm not sure how what? it works. I don't. Or, I really no because that no because that lid comes down and then how could that possibly work? <laughs> okay. Unless there's like a hole. I don't know. Listen, I've not been low we're, not I, we're not scientists. I'm not right. I am not a low T tanning scientist. That's for somebody else. No, I I truly don't know why they've held Butch on this long. I thought they would fire him before this game. So then once the inevitable onslaught occurred, they could point. And say, well, we didn't have a coach. There was no, there was, what were we supposed to do? Right. This is our excuse. We, we had to have a coach. What do yeah, you want? Yeah, exactly. Which, frankly, I think uh, would have been the smarter move. I have no idea why he's still there. Uh, and, and I think he probably won't make it to see November. Fair enough. Takes? Agree? Disagree? Uh, I totally agree. I think, that's, I think that's a fair assessment. I don't know. I don't know what... I don't know what they have assistant wise. So I was, you know, clearly you're going to promote somebody, you know, to finish out the year. Um, and they're what, are they three and two right now? So they will be three and three. Uh Um, and I don't know what the remainder of their schedule looks like. So I think if there's a shot, they can make a bowl. Maybe they hang on to Butch to get, you know, they can win six games. Maybe they hang on to Butch go to a bowl and then kick his ass. You know, it's like, don't, you know, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. But <sighs> I think that is the only reason you hang on to Butch is, uh, you know, your players committed to him. Um, they, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, your players did commit. Maybe you wait till a bowl, let them, let them have their little bowl trip, do their thing. And then, you know, yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of good coaches play in bowls on December twenty second, right? Exactly. In Division two, look the Liberty. I mean the Liberty Bowl, the Music City Bowl, right there in Tennessee, just conveniently located, so he can even like catch a plane out of the state on the very next day. Oh, I love convenience and logistics. How about that? All right, moving on, Gregory. We do this every year, but it never ever gets old. Let's uh, let's take a trip back. Give me your best third Saturday weekend memory. We were talking about this before we started recording because really our best shit happens before we start recording. You really would laugh your heads off. But um, but the last outside of '09, they're all a blur because we just win so much. You know, we do. Just, I will say. Just, in recent years, I seem to remember individual performances a little better. I mean, I Julio I and Amari had outstanding days, uh, both in Neyland Stadium, which was hilarious. So uh, those stick in mind. Landon Collins, of course. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's difficult to say. Like I said, they've all run together. And with what with over 4,000 days having passed, <laughs> Tennessee last beat Alabama in football. 
it's difficult to pick one out. The Cody Block, like I said, 09 is classic. But I want to go with a favorite that may surprise you. It's not a win. Ooh. Right. It's not a loss either. It's a tie. Go the on. year was 1993, listener Fred, and your Tide was fresh off a national championship. Found itself ranked number two and down 17 to nine to Evolve. With 1.44 to go, Birmingham radio host Jay Barker directed the Tide to an 80 yard drive. And your boy's all time favorite Tider, David Palmer, took the extra point in the end zone for a two-point play. It was about as exciting a drive as I've ever seen. Uh, so, I mean, I, that's sort of the nostalgia for me, man, is missing the close Tennessee games because those were used to be, you know, this is a streaky this is a streaky series. One team will win 10, one team will win 6, one team will win 8. But, damn, nobody blows everybody the hell out like we're doing lately. Uh, not that I don't want to blow people out. I do enjoy it. But the good memories were the close games. And this was one. It was a tie. What about you, partner? Yeah, that's fair. And that gets to something that I want to uh, to bring up because I've watched, you know, some some classic replays this week. And then, of course, there's the fan reactions. There's Cowboy from 2009, who is a total idiot. And I was actually shocked to surprise Hatton overdosed uh by that this year really if you have not ever watched that we'll put that on the uh we should on the website well we'll put it on our twitter account at h2 heroes because lord the reaction is glorious but anyway it, go ahead I'm it is it. and you just i wish we could bottle up that feeling because it's so easy to take the these wins for granted now uh but it every time to be tennessee is so sweet I don't think we should ever, ever stop feeling that way. Uh, I went, as has been detailed on this here program many times, to 15 straight ending two years ago because a wife and kids will do that to you, apparently. But I'm certainly not better, right. apparently. No, uh, no, 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 no. Why would why would you why would you be having no. all those not in your house? Never mind. No. Anyway, uh, so 15 straight third Saturdays. There were many bad ones at the start of that streak. Uh, and, of course, many good ones on this end. A, a shout-out to a video that, I, again, I'm referencing all the YouTube I watched this week, the I Hate Tennessee Man guy, everyone's favorite right. uh, third Saturday YouTube celebrity, for a line that not enough people talk about when he says, I hate all they quarterbacks. Because, uh -huh. fam, I had to sit through so many awful quarterbacking performances who, who frankly still beat us, but there were multiple Clausens. Not a single Clausen. I'm talking multiple Clausens. There was uh -huh. Danny Ainge's kid under center. There was Mobile native T. Martin and, and vaunted pit transfer Nathan Peterman. Uh, hey, Penny. Peterman. What um, up, Penny? So, so many bad quarterbacks that I had to watch. Thanks that to all of whom what, beat us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to whatever idiot orange coach was trotting them out that year. Um, so that said, the game that still means more to me than any other that I think made me happier than any other Alabama, I don't know, it's hard to, but maybe made me as happy as any other Alabama football game is uh, 2005's Rocky Stop by Roman Harper's. 2005, right? I think that's right. I believe, uh, yeah. And, and so that, I mean, that happened on the end zone in front of me. That was just the best uh, 
up in the upper deck watching it with my dad. And then I think, you know, we tend to view that play like the Terrence Cody, Rocky Block. Everything's Rocky. Um, where, you know, the game was over and he throws his helmet as the game's still going on. I'm sorry, I got the order wrong there. Throws his helmet, the game ends, everybody runs off the field. Uh, but that was with, uh, I think, a minute and a half left or so. And then we got the beautiful Brody Croyle to DJ Hall pass down the sideline after the offense literally couldn't do a damn thing all day and uh, set up the game winner by money himself, Jamie Christensen. That was one of my all-time football highs and for me, will be very, very hard to ever top in this rivalry. Solid, solid choice. All right. Well, on this most holy of hate weeks, it is time to look at a very special episode. Well, okay, it's not like very special episode of Blossom because nobody's losing their virginity. But this is still a very special episode of Hates of the Week. Of the Week. I'm not even going to ask what Blossom is. Weirdly, not enough to hate on outside wait, of... Wait, stop. You've never heard of Blossom? No, and I'm not sure I want to, do I? The, 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 the teen comedy featuring Mayim Bialik? Where they had a very special episode where Mayam, as Blossom, lost her virginity. That wasn't so. Blossom wasn't the name of some series where it focused on that subject. Weekend. No, Blossom. Blossom was the character, and uh, and uh, you know she lost her virginity and confessed it to her best friend, who's named Six. Oh, Blossom and Six. Well, did she and the guy stick together? Hell if I know. Anyway, I watched it because it was Gregory. These are the important details. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Outside of Tuscaloosa, not a ton to hate on, which is fine because that allows us to focus a little more. Uh, There is a Mizzou and Idaho matchup that everybody's going to have their eye on, of course. But uh, we'll talk about three games that we can miss horribly on. So maybe maybe your mortgage and wife will stick around for one more week. Uh, Stay tuned to find out. First off, the Kentucky Stoopses. The Stoops, Kentucky branch of the Stoops family, travels down to Starkville where they fit in like, uh, you know what, right? Right? You know right. what. Anyway, like an em- Moo is ten and a half point faves in Starkville taking on Kentucky. Who you hate? I am making this my hate of the week, my friend. Of the Kentucky, week, look, is a sneaky ass five and one. Um, I don't even know what, what, what Moo's record is. I don't, I don't care. All I know is they have that giant that giant video board and a bunch of rednecks and camo. Uh, but I think that Kentucky is going to keep it within at least a touchdown and start Vegas. I think people are overreacting to move beating BYU. Uh, BYU is trash. Um, and I think that Kentucky is sneaky good. So this is my hate of the week. I am hating on some move. What about yourself? Hmm. I don't hate your pick. But I think I'm going the opposite side. I think Moo, like every team we play, they start to get a little better before we come to town. I think Moo is starting to hit whatever stride Dan Mullen can uh, compile down there. It's mostly when I say compile, he's just grabbing cow patties and stingray <laughs> patties and just just building a little statue of Tim Tebow down there. It's weird, but uh, it works. And I think they cover the 10.5, maybe win by two touchdowns at home. All right, fair enough. Next up, uh, LSU, fresh off, by the way. Mm. If you didn't want to wear this, you should like, perk up. Listen, fresh off a 20-point comeback 
over the Auburn Tigers. Were you aware of that, Alice? <laughs> I wish uh, I wish I wasn't, so I could learn about it all over again. Right, because the Auburn was ahead by twenty. By twenty, whole and then at points? the end of the game. Right, but 20 points. Then at the end of the game, they were not ahead by 20. In fact, Auburn had lost. Was there any sort of, I don't know, like a, a funny mascot wearing an outfit, anything like that? Okay, here's what happened. Um, you know, because LSU lost to Troy, and uh, so the Aubie, the Auburn mascot, put on a Troy getup right before they blew a 20-point lead. Yeah, okay, so winning by 20 points, mascot puts on this this outfit to taunt them for a previous loss, and then the 20-point lead just evaporates. You have a firm grasp of the obvious. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. All right, so that team is favored at in, in Oxford, Mississippi, over your Ole Miss Rebels. Ugh. I wish you hadn't said that. Uh, frankly, I got, I got T-shirts to prove it, Brian. I, I, stop, stop. I, Put it, I'll put it up on the internet for everybody to see. Please. And a little dog. This you and an old mister. Little dog. Never doing this again. I know. <laughs> um, All right. Who you hating, brother? My sources on the ground in Oxford tell me that... Is it the dog or the shirt? Gregory. Okay. It's, it's the dog, okay. Uh, <laughs> they tell me that nobody cares about football at this point anymore in that town. Uh, more focused, of course, on winning and losing parties. Uh, I think Ole Miss is pretty much shot, could be dragged out back at this point. And with DeCocho coming in, riding big, he's going to be all kinds of emotional. You don't want an emotional Cajun on the other side of the line because you never know what could happen. He may take the field. He will tear his shirt off. And I think LSU covers the seven, making it my hate of the week. Fair enough. Uh, I told you last week, but nobody believed me until, well, they came back from a 20-point uh, deficit. That LSU is finding its stride, and frankly, I'm I'm going to go ahead and tell you they're going to be a handful when we play them in November. Yeah. Uh, this number is ridiculous. LSU is going to beat the hell out of Ole Miss. I am hating the Rebs hard here. Um, then we oh yeah we got one more, the Barn, who by the way did uh, give up a twenty point lead against <laughs> LSU. Last week, if you were unaware, were you aware of that? <laughs> I'd heard something, yeah. Really, you'd heard something about that. Well, let me tell you, they were ahead by 20, and at the end of the game, they were not. But now, the barn who gives up 20 point leads is heading into Fayette Trail to take on the Arkansas Hogs, and the barn is giving Arkansas 15 and a half points. Who are you hating here, pal? Uh, I've got to say, I'm hating Arky bad. Uh, I just didn't see much to. Uh, convince me that this is a a football-ready team, frankly. I don't care if they have their quarterback. Uh, just not prepared to play the football. Is what just, you're just not prepared for football whatsoever. Um, I think they lose handily at home, hating the hog here. Sorry, Bert. Yeah, okay, here's the thing. I didn't know Arkansas was this bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, I knew that I, – I, I thought we were going to beat them. But I thought it was going to be, you know, I, th- I don't know what I picked last week, but I'd have guessed 38 to 10, something like that. Um, but I didn't expect it to be as uncompetitive as it was. Like, I, you know, there was no chance after 10 minutes of that game, Mm-mm. you knew that damn team didn't stand a chance in Bryant-Denny of coming within 30 points of us. And I didn't expect that. I 
expected to win. I thought it would be close for a while, then it might get out of hand. That game was out of hand within five minutes. Um, so I, Arkansas is trash. So I agree with you. Uh, the barn, they have no choice to pull themselves together because they did blow a 20-point lead last week. So have you, have you heard about that, by the way? <laughs> Once or twice. Okay, fair enough. They did blow a 20-point lead last week, but I think you do have to pull yourself together when something like, happen, like that happens to you. Um, and I think that um, they are going to uh, put a whooping upon a hog. So I am hating a hog in that one. All right. Uh, consensus there. Okay. The hate you all came for. Shout out to listener Fred. The Vols are getting, wait for it here, wait for it, in the 100th game of this rivalry, the Vols are getting more points than anyone has ever been given. 36 now is the line. Who you hating, Gregory? Well, okay, first of all, when I pulled this together, I thought it was a 90-second because I read old news. I'm just not real good at reading things. But... Uh, when it, 34 and a half is a lot when it, when it opened 36 is absurd because you're getting beat. I mean, for a better, that's five touchdowns and you can wager against the five and say, all right, they're going to win by four and a field goal. Fair enough. I can take that money. But 36 pres- presumes more than a five touchdown win. And that is absurd. Um, nevertheless, I am hating a ball like you wouldn't believe. Um, the tide rolls, and I'll be honest with you. What? Let me back up real quick. I've had some concerns, and they began today. It's not going to change my pick because I, uh. I began with this pick. I'm going to stick with it. But um, on the internet, and you know what, whatever happens on the internet is true. But the players are already talking about smoking cigars on a Wednesday, um, which gives me a little bit of pause. Um, but from what I understand. From the Saban press conference today, they had a really bad week of practice. But apparently, according to him, um, that ended today because he whipped some asses into gear. Um, because I, the reason I have some concern is because we have been substantial favorites in the past. Nothing absurd like this. And it ended up being a really, really close game, far closer than it should be because Tennessee was trash and we were good. We are in that same situation this, this week. Um, but I don't. I just don't think Tennessee has the, you know, we, I, we talked about X's and O's and Jimmy's and Joe's last week. Nice. But, we're, but we, you're right. But we'd had too many drinks to actually get it out right. <laughs> um, but somehow it came to me and I wrote it down. But nevertheless, um, I just don't think they have the people to actually stick with us this time. Um, so I think we can probably name our score. And I don't really know how Tennessee is going to score. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. Assume it's going to be at the end. So I'm going to go, you're tied, 51, the Tennessee Volunteers, 10. What about yourself? 51 to 10. I would I would take that. Uh, I want to quickly fan the flames on your concerns because uh, since we began podcasting, the uh, Nick Saban show ended tonight. And I just want you to know, you probably haven't seen this yet, Gregory. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as they were wrapping up, host Tom Roberts, and I quote, now go beat Tennessee, to which a smiling Nick Saban responded, we will. <laughs> <They're fucking dumb. laughs> and hey, uh, shout out to this, man. 
Uh, uh, friend of the show, Elliot Roberts, that's his dad. And Tom uh, is enjoying a delicious retirement, but um, Eli had to be somewhere. Uh, so Tom stepped in. So we're awfully glad to see Tom Roberts uh, back on the mic. Back mm-hmm, absolutely. That's for every Todd fan. Yeah, true story there. Okay, so I want to take you back. I mentioned my 15-year streak. 2002 was one of the rare early bright spots that I got to witness, uh, and that was because your tide pulled one out in Neyland. Uh We were ranked maybe about 20-ish uh, along that point. Let's see, mm-hmm. we were ranked 19th. Uh, hadn't won in Neyland in years and years. Uh, we were led by a man who uh, who will stir up many feelings in a Tide fan's heart, and that was one Dennis Francione. Oh, Lordy mercy. I know, I know. That's where I'm going. Uh, fast forward if you with me, if you will, to a couple years down the road when Francione, who had claimed he would hold the rope, uh, ceased to hold the rope, had left our boys, went down to College Station, was coaching in whatever conference they were in at that time, and and then became famous and an internet sensation for losing a football game 77 to nothing. You remember this? I do recall it well. That was Oklahoma, was it not? It was. That's exactly right. It was a bit of a rivalry game for them. All right, Gregory, full circle here. I think your tide hangs a Franchoni on the balls this week. Oh, my goodness. I think we do it. I think 77 to nothing. As you said, we can name our score. They just don't have any type of athlete who resembles someone who can hang with us. Uh, Jalen sliced and diced them last year, so we know what he can do. Their defensive backs are so trash. It's going to look like they are geriatrics out there chasing down Calvin Ridley. I think our boy Bob steps up. I got to say. Our boy Bob, Robert yeah, Falls. What I'm about not going to repeat the nickname you've given him. No. But I, th- I think Bob <laughs> steps up. Uh, I think he has a field day. I think our defense just lights up anyone who is unfortunate enough to be holding the ball wearing orange on Saturday. Uh, John Kelly aside, he will probably get like 40 yards, and it'll be the the big uh, championship of life moral victory that Butch gets to claim after the game. I'm sure there will be belts and rings and trophies for John Kelly's 40 yards at the end of the day. But... I think the tide dominates on all sides of the ball. I think we leave our starters in a questionable amount of time. Pray to God we get them out before anyone's injured. Uh, I think we just make the decision easy for our friend Dave Hart uh, at the athletic department. And I'm saying 77 to nothing, hating of all. Fair enough. And I have one thing to add before we sign off. Now, don't do what I do, do what I say do. That's what I, that's a motto mm-hmm. I live by. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. Yes, I left during the Arkansas game, but if you leave during this game, you're a dick. You have to stay, and you have to rub it in, and you have to make them miserable about being a Vol for 60 minutes. And that you've, got, what you, you've what? got to light up a stogie in the stadium. In the stadium. That the old lady behind you, as happened to me a few times, will punch you on the shoulder and say, excuse me, there's no smoking in the stadium. And you just turn around and you scream at her, kiss my ass, lady. It's the third Saturday, and we won 77 to nothing. It's just a hypothetical that, you know, you're just making that up. That's never happened to me. Okay, you have been listening to Houndstooth Heroes. 
thrilled to have been brought to you by Wild Bill's Wing Sauce and Druid City Brewing Company, fresh off two championships at the Alabama Beer Competition. So stop by on the third Saturday and check out the brews and the wings this weekend. Remember, you can find us on the website at houndstoothheroes.com. On Twitter at H2Theroes or on Facebook with all the moms and all their whining. Take us home, Maxie. Y'all be good. Roll Tide. Go to hell, Tennessee.